Hi, I'm Biz. And I'm Teresa. Due to the pandemic, we bring you One Bad Mother straight from our homes, including such interruptions as children, animal noises, and more. So let's all get a little closer while we have to be so far apart. And remember, we are doing a good job. This week on One Bad Mother, we talk to the lovers, the dreamers, and you as we sit down with Angela Joy to talk about her new book, Black is a Rainbow Color. Plus, Biz busts out some cake parenting. Woo! I'm here, <laughs> and I just got my second COVID vaccine, and Lefty got his second shot yesterday, and my parents are getting their second shots next week. And it just feels like relief. It just feels like relief that this there's there's some sort of end in sight. And I I work at a community health center. Our community has been like just devastated by this. And um, and my favorite people in the building are our MAs and our janitor and our our facilities guy who works so hard to keep us safe. So. The, the folks who clean the building, it's truly, they are, they are so important. But we're, we're vaccinating almost 200 people this week, which is just awesome. And we're, we're a little health center in the city, but we're, we're just going to keep chipping away at this. And oh my gosh, it's hard to believe that it, and it might be in sight at some point. Whew. Take a deep breath. You're doing a great job. You are doing a good job. I appreciate the most, like, releasing, deep breath, sighing woo I think we've had to date on the show. You're doing such a good job. I am so thankful that you called in because it just allows me the chance to jump right into saying thank you to all the small clinics that are out there. Small clinics are picking up a lot of the work when it comes to testing Smaller clinics are the ones that are based in neighborhoods that people have access to. They're the front line for getting information out to people who might otherwise not feel comfortable going to a larger hospital situation or might not have regular doctors or regular health care. So thank you for your work that you're doing. And thanks for calling in and congratulations on the vaccines. I think that's so great. Is it just me or is it like when people say they're vaccinated, the response, all the responses I see are like, yes, good, woo, right? As opposed to, fuck you, I don't have my vaccine yet. Like, I just haven't seen that. Now, I also haven't seen people in about 10 months, so maybe that is happening. But I hope that we all continue to just, you know, not high five because that's still not necessarily safe, but just congratulate people when they get their vaccine. That's one more person who's going to make it safer for each of us and our loved ones. So good job. So let me just segue right into thank you people who have made vaccines and who are distributing vaccines. There are so many people volunteering to do this work right now. Thank you, hospitals. Thank you, doctor's offices. Thank you, local community clinics. Thank you to the volunteers and the doctors and the EMTs and the nurses and the RNs. And again, to all of the people who work in all of the places that we go to, schools, 
office buildings, medical facilities, the grocery stores, the apartments that you live in, the people who keep that clean and running are really, really important and just deserve all of our appreciation and thanks. Thank you. Thank you to the teachers. What a crazy time as we're trying to get schools back open. There Again, no one has an easy decision when it comes to whether you want to teach in person or continue remote learning. These are hard choices families and faculty and staff are having to make about what's best for them and their family. There are no good decisions. So I just want to say thank you and I see you and you're all doing such an amazing job. I have a cake parenting story to share. Okay, so my oldest cat is in sixth grade. And, you know, the pandemic has not been like the best when it comes to supporting tweeny growth or, you know, friendships are weird and hard in the best of times. But just this week, we had our very first sort of really important friendship come to an end. And I have to say, from like an outside perspective, this wasn't like, oh my God, somebody stabbed somebody in the back, right? (laughs) This was just, it just was like a a weird set of circumstances that caught Kat really off guard. Regardless, the point is, I had to sit there and watch my child's heartbreak and you know, except the fact that this is just the first of a long line of heartbreaks. Some I'll know about and some I won't. And I really hate it. And I just was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know how to help this. And so the first thing I did was, well, I can order sushi for dinner because that's what they like. So I ordered sushi. And then I opened the freezer and half of my birthday cake was still in it. So I busted out my seven-layer caramel birthday cake. (laughs) Then I made sure they got to stay up a little later and watch some of their favorite shows. And basically, I explained it to Stefan, like, her emotions were like a dam. And I just kept shoving things in different holes. (laughs) Well, just try this. Let's shove a little toilet paper in there. Did that work? Let's shove some sushi. How about uh, cake? Cake. But Stefan walked by and was like, oh, is there cake? And I was like, oh, we're cake parenting all the way today. This is 100% a cake parenting like week. And I will admit it did work. It didn't fix it. I mean, the next day we looked for other ways to distract ourselves and to focus our emotions in a healthy way. But there you go. Cake parenting. I am glad we invented it. (laughs) Again, I don't think I was quite ready for the shock and surprise of of these sorts of questions and issues starting to come in uh, to our lives or to be confronted with as a parent, which I think ties in nicely to what we're going to talk about today with Angela Joy, whose new book, Black is a Rainbow Color, was brought on by a very interesting statement by her own child. Please take a moment to remember, if you're friends of the hosts of One Bad Mother, you should assume that when we talk about other moms, we're talking about you. If you are married to the host of One Bad Mother, we definitely are talking about you. Nothing we say constitutes professional parenting advice. 
advice. Miss and Teresa's children are brilliant, lovely, and exceedingly extraordinary. Nothing said on this podcast about them implies otherwise. This week, we are welcoming Angela Joy, who was born and raised in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Before graduating summa cum laude from the University of Minnesota, Angela attended New York University and Spelman College. After her move to Los Angeles, California, Angela traveled extensively as a background vocalist, also working in television and movie soundtracks. Currently, Angela is an author, substitute teacher, Girl Scout cookie manager, guess where we're going to derail on this, everybody, book club moderator and music lover. She is the co-founder of the McGaw International Culture Club. She lives in Southern California, but will always call Minneapolis home. Black is a Rainbow Color is her first book, Welcome, Angela. Thank you, Biz. So great to be here with you. I gotta tell you, that is a impressive bio of uh, a diverse uh, life. I love all of that. Just so you know, I've never been the cookie chair. Uh, okay. But I am the one who will volunteer to go and like distribute cookies which is a, you have to show up at the Girl Scout cookie place at like 6 a.m. And then like, and you like pick your cookies and then mm-hmm. you're shoveling out cookies mm-hmm. to people. And it's, mm-hmm. and it is a delight. It uh, is a delight, isn't it? I love it. Oh my gosh. It's so I fun. I know. Uh, mine is no mm-hmm. longer a Girl Scout, but luckily I have connections. Anywho, who lives in your house? In my house, I have my husband, my daughter, who is 14, my son, who is 12, and our brand new baby kitten, Coco Mishu, um, who is a giant, actually. He's 13 pounds and he's not a year yet. Yes. But he's a Siamese boy and he has won over the hearts of my non-cat loving husband and my non-cat loving daughter. So he gets major props from me. Well, a oversized Siamese cat definitely (laughs) sounds like it has its charms. He's a big yes. boy. He's a big yes. boy. We have one big boy in this house, too. I love my big boy. Anyway, uh, I talk to cats like children. How can right. you not? They are your children. It's how I segued into parenting. <laughs> All right. I want to talk to you about the... I Clearly, I want to talk to you about many things. But we are here to talk about and push the heck out of your book, Black is a Rainbow Color, and I'm going to start with how I found out about it. Oh, please. So I don't have anywhere to go during remote learning. <laughs> so my, I have two kids. One is in sixth grade, so they can be in their room doing it. Uh, my first grader has to, like, he has to be out where somebody can kind of keep an eye on what's happening. I have this pathetic little divider that I put around his work desk, and then I sit, <laughs> I sit at the table on the other side Mm. doing my work so i hear everything (laughs) and early on in the year they were doing one of their Mm read-alouds as part of they do different books during different times you know sometimes they're longer sometimes whatever and i suddenly hear your book being read black is a rainbow color and i got to hear it not only did i get to listen to it being read by the teacher, I got to hear all the kids like reactions and responses and sort of the like, it's a mix of first and second graders in the same class. And they, like, it was just so great 
to hear how they all were sort of responding. Because at the beginning of like first and second and kinder, they do a lot of work in the school they go to with just like, you know, let's talk about what we look like and who we are and like all this mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So this mm-hmm. was such a great book to be read. So I immediately like emailed Gabe. I was like, Gabe, I want that. I please find me Ugh. Angela Joy. So I just want you to know, because usually we have people on and I'm like, go buy books and give them to your school. <laughs> this time the school gave me a book. So nice. with nice. that said, I want to talk about what led you to write this book because I think it's a really great story about getting caught off guard by your daughter. So <laughs> would you mind sharing that with us? Not at all. So it was about this time, Black History Month, seven years ago. Yeah, about seven years ago. My daughter was six, my son was four. And so being who I am, like super anal, must plan every moment of every day for the children. I said, well, this would be great. We'll have our first Black History Month together. And so I organized all of the picture books. I am not laughing at Black History Month. I am laughing at uh, the parenting experience of like planning something to be just a certain way. Because I am also Absolutely. that person. I am also that person. So anyway... Go ahead. You have you big dreams, play right? You got to yes. play, and they're going to love it. Whatever you do, they're going to love. Because it's so, going to be perfect. It's going to be perfect. Well-planned. I had posters of Rosa Parks. I was very intentional about not talking about slavery. We're not there yet. We're going to only talk about positive things. It was beautiful. I had my, my lesson plan all planned. So we're sitting on what we call the reading bench. Mm-hmm. I'm not even three minutes into my speech, and my daughter, <laughs> who's six, is like, Mommy, why do you keep calling us black when really we're brown? And she put her little hand in my face. <laughs> like, I didn't know what color she yeah, was. Duh, mom, Hello. you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Hello, little girl. Look, everything that books have told me since, you know, from birth <laughs> until six is about colors, farm animals, and right. shapes. So, yeah, this is not black. Get it right, lady. Get yeah. it right. <laughs> And so, you know, I, in the moment, of course, initially I'm irritated, but then I, I immediately want to fix it. I want to smooth it over. And so I start to explain, well, you know, black doesn't mean black, but now I'm realizing how confusing that concept is actually going to be to these children. And yeah. so I didn't have, I didn't have a good answer in the moment. We just kind of moved along and played the songs and read the books and, and I didn't really know what to do. So I started talking to my girlfriends about it. And one of them who happens to be white says, oh my gosh, my daughter came home saying the same thing. She had a classmate who was African-American and they were doing as they do, as you mentioned, self-portraits in class. Yeah. And she says, mommy, Jada keeps saying that she's black, but she's holding the brown crayon. Yeah. How can she be in first grade and she doesn't even know her colors? <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I know. there's something to this. They are very literal, right, at this age. So from that point, I started trying to figure out ways to communicate that black is a color and a culture. And that's yeah. how this book was born. When we start off with the culture aspect, which mm-hmm. as adults is a concept that is easier to understand either by exposure or experience. But just to say it's a color, like a physical thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Kids are like, nope, 
not doing it. Forget so, about it. Uh-uh. And a so, lot of it had to do with the fact that we, like for me, I was raised in the black community. Right. So it was by osmosis. You learn yeah. the dual meanings. They didn't have that. So I had to be intentional about teaching it, which was something I had no a clue how to do at the moment. Oh, that's so interesting. There's like so many layers to this book in what you give us as readers. I want to start actually with the book itself, the story. You talk about all the things that Black is, from the physical to the intangible. So, for example, Black is a rhythm, Black is the blues. I love that line. And then it's Black is the robe on Thurgood's back. So there's our our physical. Were there some parts that were just easy to write, like you knew, you knew what it was? And then were there other parts that you found harder or or you were surprised were like oh I because I would imagine that if you start writing black is Mm -hmm. there would be times where you're is it or is this or can or should I or Mm -hmm. you know like what for sure it all carries something so talk to me about the process of trying to write this well once I had the concept kind of solidified in my brain it started with list making which is Mm -hmm. also a habit of highly A-type people. Intelligent, brilliant, creative, amazing people. (laughs) Yes, let's do that. Let's Let's do that. that I like it. Not not, not people Not the other thing. Yeah, not the other thing. (laughs) (laughs) So I was making lists, and the things that were most common, just the dictionary lists, were all negative. And so I was coming across black male, Mm -hmm. black cat, black magic, black listed, Black market. Like there's a lot of words that have black that are negative. Cowboys in the white, villains in black, right? Like. Yes. yes. And not just cowboys. Like if you look at Disney, all the villains have black. Yes. Ursula, who for me is the queen villain, right? She's so bad. (laughs) I I love her. All in black, right? Yeah. So I knew that I didn't want to go down that road. Well, that road's been down. You got to do something else. You got to do something else. But then when you imagine what kids would be familiar with, it gets tricky. Yeah. So there were, there were a lot of things that I wasn't able to use either because it was negative, even references to slavery. Like we didn't, I didn't want to go to black is the coal in mines. mines. Thank you. Yes. A lot of black folks worked in mines and I, you know, it's historic, but It's got that negative connotation, so we couldn't use that. But thankfully, my background is in African-American studies, so it wasn't too hard to think of positive things. What was interesting to me was how, and I didn't recognize it until, actually, until a child asked me the question, but when I talked about Black being, Black is a raisin, Mm -hmm. uh, like dreams, that are left out in the sun to die, which is a reference to Langston Hughes. Yes. Which is also a reference to the Broadway play a by Lorraine in the Hans- sun. Yes, Raisin yeah. in the Sun by Lorraine Hansberry, which is also a reference to the movie Raisin in the Sun with Sidney Poitier and Ruby Dee. What we discovered is that Black is also the inspiration of art that crosses generations and lives with new people making new art. So it's, it's, it's an artistic heritage. 
in in that in that sense and also in the poem by Paul Lawrence Dunbar I know why the caged bird sings this art has inspired other people to create art including this book right mm-hmm. so the the string that draws all of us through history is itself black when we're talking about art and history and political commentary which I thought was great I, the kid that asked the question is brilliant um, <laughs> so thank you wherever you are yeah. so Actually, that ties so beautifully into what I wanted to ask about next, which was the illustrations. Equa Holmes is the illustrator. And there's so much you get to look at Mm -hmm. in this book. There Mm -hmm. are like layers of collage and color and these very specific shapes. And like the collage includes things like a raisin in the sun or like from that play or the newspaper clippings of Mm -hmm. the story about young black and genius, right? Like Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. there is the, uh, oh, sorry, gifted, but yes, genius gifted, same thing. Anyway, absolutely, sheet music music (laughs) from Nina Simone, maps of the deep South. I mean, like it was all in there. So I'm, Mm -hmm. How much did you guys get to collaborate or was this just one of those amazing moments? It was the latter. Really? We were, we had zero communication. Wow. I know. Crazy, right? That's crazy. I know. I know. So (laughs) I say it's kismet. It was absolutely kismet. So I wrote the story and I was lucky enough to help select an ideal illustrator. Luckily at the time, Aqua was just bursting into the children's book industry. And so we were able to snag her, mm-hmm. but she had two or three books ahead of mine and each book takes a year to illustrate. Yeah. So there was a lot of time between when I wrote it and when oh. she got it. And so when she got it three years later, she got the text, she worked on it on her own. She and the editor had some communication. But the two of us were actually at a writer's conference together, and there was some hesitation about us, like, hanging yeah. out. Like, they don't want me to come and say, okay, what'd you do for that, that spread? Yeah. <laughs> Did you include the, the map yeah. there? Because I think that's really important. Like, they, they really didn't want me to harass her, which I would never do, by the no, way. But... but some people apparently get into fights, right? If you're author, illustrator. So, yeah. And she's, you know, all the way in Boston. So we have just started to communicate in the past maybe three, four months outside of, well, ever, not even yeah, outside of outside anything. Of we ever, just started right. to communicate. <laughs> well, it's just, it's so fantastic. And it in, like encapsulates your writing and your words. Kismet, like so ugh, yeah. crazy. Perfect. But she's also brilliant. Like yeah. she does beautiful work with every author that she works with. I just, she blows my mind consistently and then she created a whole new style for this book that she'd never worked on before really because that's yeah. unbelievable well they the style i might just pull my book out and flip through it come on the style sort of changed depending a little bit on adult versus child versus a reference mm. to somebody who was famous to somebody who is just a kid on the street and i know some have this like element of glasswork. Mm-hmm. Right, I, stained you know, glass. like stained yes. glass uh, mm-hmm. runs throughout it, and yeah. I yeah. also just in talking with other authors and illustrators who are writing and creating books that focus on people of color, 
I know they have talked about it being a challenge to really illustrate kids that look like African-American kids, right? Mm. That Like that really, that a lot of times authors have gotten the illustrations back or read other books and been like, ah, it's like that Disney-fied, you know? <laughs> just, yeah. It's a Barbie. It's just a different <laughs> color Barbie, right? right? And you're like, I don't right. think that was exactly yeah. what you... <laughs> but she's... Yeah. She just, she's just, it's so good. All right, I'm going to move on because I, it's so good. All right. Now you give us more than just this book. And I want to start with the playlist. You, I know. I know. (laughs) So good. (laughs) You include in the back, one of the things you include is the rainbow color playlist. And I know that in talking with my own kids, music has wound up being a really easy way to start conversations about civil rights and Mm -hmm. even about slavery, depending on like, because we, we listen to almost everything all the time. And I love finding like modern artists who take old songs and turn them into new songs Mm. and folk music and all this stuff. So Mm -hmm. there've been times where we're singing or listening to something and I can say, you know, my daughter would say, I really love this song. And I can say, yeah, this is Miles Davis. Now mm. imagine this. Mm. You love this song. Mm. You want to go see him <laughs> play. He can't come into the building to watch somebody else mm. like you can, right? Like he's got to come in a totally separate way. And, you know, I mean, like it's just you get to tie it to the music so yeah. It's just, yeah. anyway, so talk to me about the selection of this playlist for the book. So again, it, it is the playlist that I had for my kiddos. It is. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, good. You're a list saver as well. <laughs> of course. <laughs> yeah, duh. It, yeah, I mean, back in the day, it shows how old it was, but I actually downloaded it on a CD and we would listen to it on the way to school. So, yes. <laughs> in my car that still has a CD player. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I'm just going to roll down my window. No one can see me doing the hand crank, but this is how I roll down my window. Okay, That's go ahead. Right. <laughs> we say air conditioning by ARM. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, our cars will not turn on us when our computer overlords take over. That's right. No one's hacking my system. That's Thank right. you very much. That's right. But so it's the same me- playlist. It is a timeline of sorts. So we start with Lady Smith, Black Mombasa, mm-hmm. who did Graceland with Paul Simon. And gosh, when I watch them or listen to them, they just, they give me chills every time. So beautiful. So that's the homeland. And we travel mm-hmm. through... The 20s and 30s and 40s, we get some Bob Dylan, we get some Nina Simone, we move into Earth, Wind, and Fire, and we end with John Legend and Common um, with a little bit of hip-hop. The purpose is to inform, inspire, and get people to groove a little bit because I feel like music is not as rich and deep as it used to be. I know that makes me sound old. I'm so I sorry. Know we there are, are exceptions. Old. I'm probably older. We're older. I'm with you. I get it. There are some exceptions. Some people are trying. But... Yes, some yes, people are trying. But, but it's not the same. It's a bit frivolous. <laughs> and so when you look at somebody like Earth, Wind, and Fire, whose sole purpose was to uplift people, those bands aren't around anymore. So I wanted to include those 
and say, hey, you know, while there is a message here, it's also really fun to dance to. Yeah. So it's uplifting. And so I wanted to give that gift to everybody. And yeah. it is a great way to introduce culture in classrooms. If you have a morning song, play that morning song. Yeah. Uh, let's learn Lift Every Voice and Sing. Just in the background, it doesn't have to be a punitive thing. This is our yeah. lesson for today. No, listen right. to how beautiful this is. Let's explore this. It's a great poetry study. So I just, I, I agree with you 100%. There's so much learning that can be done through music. So yeah. I wanted to give that away. Yeah, no, I'm with you on the just playing it without pointing it out also has, you know, can carry a lot of important weight that we may not give it enough credit, right? Like, I I do agree. Let's make a mixtape. Let's move on. You also, you don't just give us a playlist. Uh, You also include poems as well as a timeline of Black ethnonyms. I did it. Mm -hmm. Ethnonyms. And... Mm -hmm. Talk to me about those choices. So I think that the poetry is really informs the book itself. Mm-hmm. I love poetry. And because I referred to both Paul Lawrence Dunbar and Langston Hughes, I thought it was important to give the kids a sample. Yeah. Both of these poets, though, in addition to the poems that are in the back of the book, they're really safe to Google. Like you're not going to get <laughs> a lot of skanky mess with Paul Lawrence Dunbar and Langston Hughes. So, and now all the kids are on computers doing searches in class. You're right. So you got to be careful who you recommend. (laughs) I know. They were safe. Beautiful work. Period work. So you can Mm -hmm. get a lot from what was going on in their time, but also so much of it is relevant still today. So important to include that. In terms of the ethnonyms, this was something that was not in the original sketch for the book. But I was kind of playing with the idea and I let my editor know that I was considering and she said, let's do it. Let's absolutely well, include it. because you said it had sat there for three years. Yeah. Waiting for the artist. A lot has happened. Yeah. A lot has happened. <laughs> so with those events, how much impact did that have on any last minute changes and, and choosing to include those ethnonyms? So the ethnonyms were kind of separate from what was going on in society. However, it was, again, kismet that there is that page that says Black is is the power of movement and pain. And we have the people with a Black Lives Matter sign. Yeah. It looks like that was just created last year. But in fact, it was three years ago when the illustrator created that spread which is an indication of how long this has been going on. I think a lot of people are looking at it now and saying, oh my gosh, as they should. But this has been an ongoing problem that we've been dealing with for a long time. I think initially the motivation was to, it was actually for non-Black people to understand the history and to feel comfortable with, like if you know that there's been a lot of changes And obviously we know, but if you know what we know, then maybe you might feel more comfortable saying, hey, Ange, what do you prefer? Yeah. African-American or black? And I appreciate that because there have been a lot of changes and and there's there's division. There are people in my family who will never be African-American. They don't reply to African-American. It's only black. I can do both. I don't I don't have a problem with either. I use them interchangeably, but I wanted to get people comfortable with the terms. Also, there's so much history in the names that we have called ourselves. 
the names that we have been called, you know, it was tempting to put it in there and, and give true definitions and say, this is a dumb word. Yeah. But we try to, to stick to more positive things or ways that we defined ourselves. There's a couple of exceptions that I thought were important. Like, did I put Octoroon in there or one drop rule? Hypodescendant. Hypodescendant. I'd never heard of hypodescendant. But have you heard of the one drop rule? No, actually I haven't, which is amazing given I grew up in the very deep South. (laughs) Did you really? Oh, yes. The buckle Uh of the belt. Hypodescendant and the one drop Mm -hmm. rule this is, and it's not, maybe it's not new to me, but it's not something that is in the forefront of my thoughts of like, when I, th- like when I think about it. Do you want to explain it? Yes, I'd love to. So back in the day, mm-hmm. when uh, people who were enslaved were brought to the United States, it's, I think, common for us to think that the black folks hung out with the black folks and the white folks hung out with the white folks. And it was pretty much taboo to mix, which it was, it was taboo, but it happened. It happened enough that legislation had to be passed that said, Hey, if you are a child that has a parent who is white and a parent who is black, you're considered black. Now, why would we have that rule if it wasn't happening? Mm -hmm. Right. They wouldn't have made the rule if it wasn't becoming a problem. For many states, if they said if you were a great, 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 sometimes great grandchild of a Negro, then you were considered Negro. It didn't matter how you looked. Right. You were Negro. You were still subject to being owned by another human being. And so I think that's important because yeah. not just to you know dredge up old history, but the Black community has been welcoming of all shades and hues out of necessity for a very, very long time. So for me growing up, I was never mixed. My mom's white and my dad is black. I was never mixed. I was always black. And sure, people would say, "Mm, now what are you? (laughs) I got that. (laughs) That's such a great Mm, question. I know, especially for children. We're just so good (laughs) as people, aren't we? We're just really making it work out there. Such a hard time, Ugh. but, but, but I never felt isolated in the black community. I never felt like the odd man out if I were lighter. And then when I went down South, speaking of the South for college, I had a good girlfriend who came to my room for the first time and she looked, she said, what are all these white people doing on your wall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my family. Those are my people. That's my grandma, my cousin Sean. You know, as long as I was down, right? Which, of course, I am. So, um, (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're going to say that goes right back to where we started at the beginning about culture versus color. Yeah. So I I think that's that's the thing that can be difficult to express. And now and I think this also ties in some to what we were just talking about. You had said, you know, this is language i wrote this not for people of color this is it's for me hi it's for me (laughs) i'm like it's for me you dedicate the book to to children who ask difficult questions and to i'm gonna get it wrong but to adults who are brave Brave enough to brave the unknown and i 
don't need to guess what kind of weird questions and hard questions you've been asked by children. I know children. But (laughs) I wanted to actually wrap up focusing on adults and the brave unknowns. Mm -hmm. And like what... What are some of those brave unknowns? And yeah. So I think the book was written for families, obviously, Mm -hmm. but I really wanted to give this book to educators and librarians who really are forming our future, really. They spend so much time with our kids, but I think oftentimes they're overworked Mm -hmm. and it's a drag on their time and energy to create a new lesson plan. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to to give this gift to teachers to say, hey, this is your Black History Unit right here. This is your American History Unit right. right here. You don't have to do anything more. Play that playlist, hear some poetry, and dig into it however you like. Let your creative juices flow. Because I know that teachers in their hearts want to go into that unknown world to show their kids that everyone is special, that everyone should be celebrated. These are the lessons that I think 99% of teachers want to teach, but many don't know how, or they don't have time to dig into the other cultures. It's, It's a lot. It's a lot to ask, but I feel like if we can catch these kids in kindergarten, first grade, second, third grade, where they can get those seeds planted that said, Hey, you know, Black isn't all negative. I remember reading that book that Black is beautiful. I remember dancing to that song, Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud. Hey, listen, I've got white kids dancing to Say It Loud, I'm Black and I'm Proud every morning this month. Come on, let's do it. Yeah. Let's learn from James Brown. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that because it plants the seed of acceptance and celebration of others. And so this gift is to those who are willing to to do that. Yes, it is absolutely for my people. I want my children, my nephews, my nieces to all feel empowered. I had a girl today tell me, I love the page of the girl with the braids in her hair because I have braids in my hair. You don't see it very often. But she's looking at that book and, ooh, I could cry right now. She gets to see herself. I know. She gets to see herself. And other kids get to see that that is beautiful. Right. They get to see it it becomes normal yes I know for my kids I want them to like if they find themselves in a room and they look around and it's everybody's white that they should like know that's weird Mm. (laughs) right Mm. like that's right they're like that's weird love it Angela it is painfully obvious to everybody that I could just talk with you for hours (laughs) I'm having such a good time thank you so much for joining us and I I really appreciate this book it fills so many of the holes that were lacking out there there are some wonderful Mm. books out there but I think that this one is unique in what it offers and like we tell everybody you know a great way to be involved is to buy so people need to go buy this book and they need to buy three copies one for them one for their school and one for their library love it we would appreciate that very much well people are always like i don't know what i'm supposed to do i'm like go buy a book if you're mad because if you're mad because people aren't represented you gotta buy the book especially
especially in children's publishing. Can I say that? Because we have to show the publishers that these books will sell. Otherwise, they'll stop printing them. No, I agree. You've got to show, you have to show everybody in publishing. I'm sure you've been to the parenting aisle. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, only one type of person can be a parent and give advice about it. So true. Mm. Unless you're Beyonce. Uh, well, she true. Okay. She, I'm waiting for her parenting book. When is it coming? <laughs> I don't know. I'm sure it's in the works. She'll probably put out a kid's book first. And then everybody yes. will be like, all done. So, <laughs> <laughs> Bays by bay. That's right. <laughs> I would buy this. Anyway, um, can we get her on the show? Okay. So everybody, go buy this book. And Angela... I hope you continue to write more books that I get to scream and yell and jump up and down about. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I can't wait to share the next one with you. I think you're going to love it. Yeah, I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Biz. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We'll talk soon. Bye. All right, my dear. Bye-bye. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Function of Beauty. Function of Beauty is the world leader in customizable beauty, offering precise formulations for your hair's specific needs. Tell me all about it, Teresa. Okay, guys, I just did this recently, and it's great. And I want to start by saying it's vegan and cruelty-free, and they never use sulfates or parabens. And you can also choose to go completely silicone-free if you want. So what you do is you go to their website and you take a quiz about your specific hair needs, but also like your preferences, like the smell amount that you want and the type of smell and the color. (laughs) And they send it to you in the mail and it has your name. I know! Not just like on the box, but like printed on the bottle. Like my kids thought this was so cool, but I will admit I felt (laughs) so special. Never buy off the shelf just to be disappointed ever again. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash badmother to take your quiz and save 20% off your first order. That applies to their full range of customized hair, skin, and body products. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash badmother to let them know we sent you and get 20% off your order. Functionofbeauty.com slash badmother. Hey, you know what it's time for this week's Genius and Fails. This is the part of the show where we share our genius moment of the week, as well as our failures, and feel better about ourselves by hearing yours. You can share some of your own by calling 206-350-9485. That's 206-350-9485. Genius fail time, Teresa. Poof! You're back again. Hello. One of these days I'm going to say it and you'll just like appear but like in a towel and your hair will be wet. Hey. Yeah. (laughs) What? Lucky, lucky would I be if that Mm -hmm. was the case. That Mm -hmm. said, welcome. It's nice Mm -hmm. to see you. Thank you. You're welcome. Nice to see you too. Like everybody needs to understand this legitimately is the first time I see Teresa for each show. I know. We pop up on Zoom and I I know. And this, we haven't really talked this week. I I feel like I maybe haven't talked to you since last, 
last like week a while maybe the last show it was weird it's a weird feeling I didn't like it it's very odd and so that's why this has just become a real weird thing (laughs) 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 the show has kind of got parts now yeah anyway with that said genius me Wow. Oh my God. Oh my God. I saw what you did. Oh my God. I'm paying attention. Wow. You, Mom, are a genius. Oh my God. That's fucking genius. Okay, I will. And I have a cake parenting genius for you today, Biz. This is the year of cake parenting. It is. This is the year of cake parenting. Mm -hmm. So, it was a day or two after Curtis, my four-year-old's birthday. Mm -hmm. And Biz was kind enough to be our birthday fairy again for Curtis and delivered a beautiful Death Star themed cake. It was gray. It was like a Death Star. So gray. (laughs) It was the funniest cake color ever. But it was a major hit, obviously. And so we still had some left over. And I don't know what was going on. It was like a day or two after the birthday. And I know that Curtis was occupied and Gracie was occupied. And I really had my sights set on like some kitchen chores that really probably only needed 20 minutes. But like I just needed to do it. Like I needed to do it with my music on. Yeah. And I needed to be in there by myself. And I just <laughs> needed to do it. Kitchen chores, a.k.a. masturbation. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Just imagine that that's what I'm talking about. I need to do some kitchen chores. Right by now. Myself, <laughs> by, by myself. By myself in my bedroom. With some music on. <laughs> All right. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go. Okay. Please continue. No. Never be sorry. <laughs> and then Oscar wandered in and he wanted to see what I was doing <laughs> and talk to me about things and was annoyed that I wasn't like doing an entertaining tap dance for him Mm. I guess and I just remembered cake parenting guys like I just it popped into my head and I just said would you like a slice of cake (laughs) and he said cake yeah yeah and I sliced him a fat triangle of cake yeah, that you can wedge. pick up with a hand. A yeah. wedge. Thank you. You're welcome. A wedge of cake. Put it on a plate. <laughs> got him some water or something. Mm-hmm. Set him up at the table and then went back to what I was doing. And it worked. Yeah. They, I got the time I needed. Wow. He wasn't talking to me. He was happy with his cake. We were, we were good. We were good. Oh. All was well. Good job. Thank Good you. Job, Mother Bear, our mother <laughs> badger, all of our children's books in which parents are just like giving cake to kids. Yep. Good job. Thank you. Year of cake parenting. So good. I have started the garden again, which is something I always like to do this time of year. And then slowly let it fall apart (laughs) over the ungodly heat of the summer. Right. But it's physical. You know, here's the the thing I was discussing with my therapist today, Teresa. Okay, you ready? Yeah, lay it on me. This whole pandemic time 
has not left a lot of room for there to be choices that I can just make and have control over. Oh, ain't you know, that the truth? It, you know, where it's like, oh, do we need to take care of X, Y, and Z? Here's my plan. Boop, boop, yeah. boop. Yeah. Done. Yeah. None of that. No. I've just been floating free. <laughs> yeah. Free without a plan That's that not I you. could execute. Yeah. Right. And so just like puzzles, I get to show those puzzle pieces who are boss, who is boss, is English, a garden I can control you, Mother mm. Earth. This little yeah. plod. I get to say where you go. Yeah. Until I ignore you and the ants come. Anyway, geniuses just have to happen for a moment, guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is genius. Good job. Thank you. Hey, guys. I am calling with a genius, which is exciting because they're rare. My kids hate getting out of the bathtub, and every night it's a debate over who's going to get out first and neither of them want to get out and like the, the water will be completely gone and they're just sliding around in there just <laughs> arguing with each other about who's going to get out first but they love picking music so like when we're in the car I let them pick a song if I want to keep them awake <laughs> so I thought you know I have my phone in the bathroom with us while we're doing bath time so whoever gets out first gets to pick their song thinking back to like my baseball days when the pitcher got to pick their exit or their entrance song. So I was like, you guys get an exit song. Whoever gets out first gets to pick their exit song. So they get to pick what song they get to jam to while they get out of the tub. And now they fight over who gets out first. So we, I mean, I don't know if it's a genius because we just changed problems, but it's made it more fun. There's, there's a soundtrack now. So that's, that's cool. Anyways, I'm doing all right tonight, and I hope you guys are too. Love you guys and your show, and you're doing a great job. Thanks. Bye. You're doing a good job. Yeah, and you are. I'm pretty sure that in Webster's Dictionary, under genius, it says, just changing the problem. <laughs> yeah. So true. Right? So like, true. Just... You got a new problem now. Woo! Good job just... not having to deal with that old problem anymore. Yeah. You have a new problem, this time with music. So that yeah. makes it better. Yeah. Good job. Good job. I think you're doing a stellar job. And I just like the idea of entrance and exit music overall. And therefore, that is how I will be making my way through the rest of this pandemic. Failures. Fail, 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 fail. You suck. Fail me, Teresa. Okay. So, Gracie, my nine-year-old's school, is about to start doing, like, a one-day-a-week in-person thing, and that's fine. The kids have <laughs> to have a negative COVID test before they go, which is fine. I made the appointment, and then last night when I was doing, like, the schedule for the day... I didn't have my phone. I had left my phone in like another room and I was just like too lazy. I was like, I know what's happening on Friday. Like it's the same shit that always happens on Friday. And I like set up the schedule and blah, 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 blah. And then I just never, usually when I do that, I later at least have the sense to go and double check the calendar and just make sure there wasn't something I was forgetting. But I never did that. And then 
today I got the like notice that the appointment notice, like, <laughs> you know, like my calendar does the like 10 minutes before it's yeah. supposed to start reminder. <laughs> and I was like, oh yeah, like this thing we're doing, it's like across town. Like there's oh, no, yeah. You're there's not no, and plus like the preparation of like, we're going to go do, I mean, just nothing. No, it's not happening. It was by the time I remembered and saw it, there was zero chance that we would make it. So <laughs> Whatever, I will make another appointment and we'll do it. But it's just one of those, yeah. you know, like oh, yeah. I, I could have, we could have done it. We could have. I just could needed to look at my calendar to see that that would have been happening. Yeah. God, you're doing a horrible job. I know. Yeah. I mean, I think we should just line people up and have them point at you and say, <laughs> yeah. shame, 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 yeah. shame, shame. Oh, well. <laughs> All right, so Kat and I, Thursday night is our, like, TV, watch a little something night. And we've had a few projects that we've worked our way through, and then we were left without anything to watch. So I just, we're scanning through the Netflix, and I come upon the new Charmed. And I'm like, you know what? Kat really likes witchy stuff. Mm-hmm. They're into the witch stuff. I remember the original Charmed. That was all right. Was, I mean, I didn't watch it as much, maybe one or two episodes, but it's no Nancy Drew. I'm not making the same mistake I made when we watched the CW's Nancy Drew, which was terrifying. Okay? So we started it. <laughs> it is definitely not appropriate. Oh. Like, I mean, it's it's very good. And wow, have they taken on a feminist, like, Hmm. Like stance on everything from witches to, I mean, the whole thing is just me. Like, like in fact, the theme of the first three episodes are about like an assault on campus. Okay. Mm. And so I like, we're, a lot's coming out of this. Yeah. Yeah. Including two to three episodes in, because we went two to three episodes in. We, you know, a horrible monster, like a horrible, like, yeah, you're going to have a hard time sleeping. If you look at it. Yeah. A lot of sex. Just like a lot of sex. Which again, sex is, yay, sex. And it's not like we don't talk about those things. I yeah. just was like, this is a lot. Yeah. They're like mixing messages of like happy sex and bad sex. And like, oh I don't, I'm not ready to have all of these It's a lot. Yeah. It was a, it's lot. a lot. So we've stopped. Uh-huh. But like, just <laughs> cut it right off at the... <laughs> At the witchcraft. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bummed because I was kind of digging it. Yeah. But uh, there you go. That's the fail. Once again, cannot seem to pick shows for my children to watch. Or just, uh, or just media in general. I'm thinking back yeah. to the recent book that you shared yeah, with I'm, Kat. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Mm. Good point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm not doing a good <laughs> not doing much of a good job with that one. Is that a new segment for this where we share Oops. a fail and then we each remind each other of one of our past fails? Is that good? Oh, that would Is be that helping? really helpful. That, that would be this week on a very special one bad mother. <laughs> we look back and remind each other of all of our failures. <laughs> We just each have a list of only the other person's fails, uh, and we yeah. just go down the yeah. line. I'm just going to start that with coffee. You, with yeah. coffee. 
with all of your baby children. Your baby's drinking coffee. It's a good one. It's classic. It let you guys know who we were as people. Early on. Yeah. Oh, let's feel better and listen to somebody else fuck it up. Yeah. (laughs) This is a fail. I have a four-year-old who is going to a new school that celebrates the holidays and does Valentine's Day and Christmas and all that stuff. And uh, I was super on top of it and bought Valentine's when I went to the grocery store the other day. And we filled it out as an activity yesterday on January 24th. And I put them to the side so that I would have them ready. And I was like, okay, don't forget them on Valentine's Day party day. And my kid is so excited, and I'm so early with stuff, that my kid is bringing his Valentine's Day and is probably going to have a shit fit about giving them to kids today on January 25th. So I was so on top of shit that now we're blowing our load a little too early. My kid is a little premature with the Valentine's Day festivities. Sometimes you're too late. Sometimes you are two weeks too early and i'm probably just gonna have to do it again the night before (laughs) yeah this is a practice run is what you gave yourself you're gonna job to do it again (laughs) (laughs) yeah that is good foresight you will because i can see all of this unfold i can see like the raising of your self-esteem by getting them early doing the activity look at us we're doing it and then your child just being like, we're not going any further until I take these into school. Right? Like, yeah, I don't yeah. understand what you mean by waiting till February. Like, yeah. that doesn't make sense. As far as I know, February doesn't even exist. Yeah. So I'm going to bring these now. Yeah. It's, they're yeah. ready. And if you say no, I'm going to really be upset. And it, yeah. this could spiral into something that's exhausting for you, just giving you a heads up, parents. I'm going to flip out in a way that's going to really take its toll on you. So, you know, yeah, this is, I will say, good job just going with it, though. Yeah, good I love job it. just letting I that kid it. take it, yeah. take him into school and not trying to have a logical discussion yeah. about it with a five year old or however old, anybody, anybody under the age of 22, really. Mm-hmm. Just, let them have their valentines plus i feel like at this stage in this fail we can still say maybe it'll be fine oh yeah maybe it'll maybe it'll be you never know might be fine you don't (laughs) know (laughs) i'm laughing with hope (laughs) me too you are the greatest mom i've ever known i love you i love you When I have a problem, I call you on the phone. I love you, I love you. One Bad Mother is supported in part by Bombas. Bombas is dedicated to making the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. Guys, I'm just going to quickly tell you how much I love the Bombas socks. They actually stay on my feet. The little no-show socks, I love them. And they're comfortable and they last for freaking ever. 
But I really want to actually make sure that everybody remembers that Bombas, their socks do more than keep feet cozy. Every pair of socks you purchase, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. And the generosity of Bombas customers has allowed them to donate over 40 million pairs of socks and counting. Give a pair when you buy a pair and get 20% off your first purchase at bombas.com slash badmother. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash badmother for 20% off your first purchase. Bombas.com slash badmother. Hey, kid. Your dad tell you about the time he broke Stephen Dorff's nose at the Kids' Choice Awards? <laughs> In Dead Pilot Society, scripts that were developed by studios and networks but were never produced are given the table reads they deserve. When I was a kid, I had to spend my Christmas break filming a PSA about angel dust. So yeah, being a kid sucks sometimes. Presented by Andrew Reich and Ben Blacker. Dead Pilot Society, twice a month on MaximumFun.org. You know, the show you like, that hobo with the scarf who lives in a magic dumpster. <laughs> Doctor Who? Yeah! Hi. Are you someone who thinks that when one door closes, another one opens? Someone who always sees the light at the end of the tunnel. If you answered yes to one or both of these questions, good for you. We are not those people. Nope. I'm Annabelle Gerwich, and I'm a, you know that other door opening? It probably leads to a broom closet kind of person. And I'm Laura House. When I see a light at the end of a tunnel, I assume it's a train headed right toward me. Laura and I have created a brand new podcast for people like us. It's called Tiny Victories. We're sharing personal tiny victories or things we've read or seen that inspire resilience. So if you're looking for a tiny reason to get out of bed each week, subscribe to Tiny Victories. Available on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get tiny. Everybody, cozy up. Slip on a mask and let's settle in together and listen to a mom have a breakdown. Hi, One Bad Mother. This is a rant. I was just taking a shower and I noticed that my legs are covered in bruises, covered from head to toe as a result of my toddler who is constantly jumping on me or tripping me or hanging on me or her crap is everywhere and I'm running into it and knocking my legs and knees into it and I have bruises all over my legs. My upper legs are all bruised from holding her because it's right where her feet hurt and she kicks her feet while I'm carrying her and I just am so tired and I just want to have nice legs back without bruises on them. And I know this is stupid and trivial when we have a pandemic going on, but I think this may just be the thing that pushes me over the edge and completely breaks me right now. Anyways, thank you for listening. I guess I will just walk around with crazy bruised looking legs for the rest of my life. Thanks. Bye. First of all, you're doing a good job. Second, here's some good news. As your child gets older, the bruises really, really are not as all-encompassing. 
it's more like you get in the shower and there's just one weird bruise on your thigh and you're like, how did that bruise get there? Like, that's a big bruise. Like, that looks like I ran into, like, the corner of the coffee table, but I didn't. How did I get that? And, like, that, surprise, I'm going through that experience right this very minute. (laughs) In fact, I'm pretty sure we've discussed this before as one of, like, my fail because... I'm with you. That feeling of like getting in the shower and just seeing like your body so impacted by a child being in your life in this like way that no one tells you, hey, they're even going to do that, right? Like no one says, hey, chapter three of what to expect when you're expecting. Mysterious bruised legs. (laughs) just and then you get them and yeah it's not it's not a look that makes you feel together right like it is it is like kind of what is the word I'm looking for it's not debilitating I just want to add that I feel like there is like a sad Mm -hmm. parent acceptance about it like yes because it's not your kid's fault. No. And it's just something about how they're... So we, we're we not like... It, it's like the opposite of what we would say to ourselves in another situation, which is like, what you're, what I'm doing right now doesn't feel good to my body. Like, this yeah. doesn't feel good. I'm not... Like, I don't like getting bruises all over my legs. Like, I'm going to... Like, boundaries. Like, I'm not going to engage in this. It's like, you, can't, you don't really get to do that yeah. when it's your own toddler just doing (laughs) toddler stuff yeah and you're an actively involved parent and that's awesome yeah it's very demoralizing is the word that's the word I wanted to use earlier demoralizing okay because you have a toddler there a lot at the end of the day or when you wake up in the morning and the sort of emotional like fatigue like hits you from all the like nonstop shark parenting you've had to be doing, just the Mm. constant moving, constant engaging, constant emotional regulation, constant keeping them alive, constant like, oh, and there's dinner and there's your own life and there's like work and there's that, right? All of that is exhausting. And then you get naked in the shower (laughs) and you're like, oh, shit (laughs) oh damn it and physically this is uh, right like so i i just i just want to say you are such a good parent you're doing such a good job and it is within your right to like i know the whole like comparing things like this to larger conflicts and situations that are in the world yeah no it's not it's not the same as a pandemic no one no one is accusing you (laughs) trying to compare it to a pandemic yeah it just sucks yeah and you get to fucking hate it yeah so you know and that doesn't take away from the suck that is the pandemic you are doing a remarkable job yes you are Teresa. yes you're doing a very good job. Thank you, Biz. So are you. 
Oh, thank you. Was there less crying this week? I had less crying this week. How was your week? Less crying, more crying, same crying. I've had, uh, <laughs> I haven't had a lot of, I haven't had a lot of crying this yeah. week. No. I've more had of a, a lot general of, numbness. I've had, no, I've had more of like a frozen state of fear. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's more, less crying, more of a Everybody watch out. I'm about to say what I really think to you right now. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> I'm about to treat you like a fool on the subway. <laughs> like I just... So, good. Glad to hear it. Yes. I will talk to you next week. See you then. Bye. Bye. <laughs> oh, boy. The show was a joy. Guys, first of all, as always, it is a pleasure to see Teresa, and I just am so thankful I get to see her at least once a week. And what did we learn today? Well, let's get the silly one out of the way first. Cake solves all parenting problems. So cake parenting, still very impactful. But what we also learned was the importance of putting a new light, a new story, pulling the positive sort of expressions of words and of language into how we talk to each other, into how we explain to each other. Black is a rainbow color is so great because, yeah, look, it doesn't erase all of the negative connotations associated with the word black. Nothing can do that. But what it does is it offers a different way to start the conversation. It offers us a new tool in our arsenal, in our work to be anti-racist, to have open discussions with our children, to make all of these things normal, normal, normal when it comes to who we see in books. And again... This book in particular is such a gift because it is a wonderful resource for librarians or teachers to use for Black History Month or any month. <laughs> uh, the playlist is also awesome, as is the poetry. But the story itself is such a delight, and the illustrations are also just remarkable. You can spend a lot of time just absorbing the art that is in this book. So we'll make sure everybody knows where they can get a copy for themselves and their school and their library. I love you libraries, librarians, because sometimes we don't get to see these in the schools. And so, yeah, like you, you guys know how I feel about libraries. And they are so important. And I love you. I love you, librarians. I do. I'm looking really engagingly at a Zoom camera to make sure that you can really feel how much I love you. Everybody, you're doing a very good job. Again, timely, not timeless, but right now, a lot of people in America are dealing with multiple crises, one on top of the other. There is a terrible winter storm that is consuming most of the country. There is, sadly, sometimes we don't discover it or care about it until it's too late. 
a real problem with the infrastructure in many parts of our country, and that tends to impact our communities of color more than other communities. People are without power. They are without water for days, and there is a pandemic, and there are people who need power for medical resources and medical reasons in their own home. And I just, it is a lot on top of a lot on top of a lot. And it is very easy and within your, your right to feel completely done. But I want you to know that you are doing a good job. You really and truly are. And I see you. And I will be here to talk to you again next week. Bye. I got to low down mama blues. I got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. Got to low down mama blues. You know that right. We'd like to thank Max Fun, our producer, Gabe Mara, our husbands, Stephen Lawrence and Jesse Thorne, our perfect children who provide us with inspiration to say all these horrible things, and of course, you, our listeners. To find out more about the songs you heard on today's podcast and more about the show, please go to MaximumFun.org slash OneBadMother. For information about live shows, our book, and press, please check out OneBadMotherPodcast.com. One Bad Mother is a member of the Maximum Fun family of podcasts. To support the show, go to MaximumFun.org slash join. Well, daddy, baby, bust by, not throw down mama blue. Oh, said daddy, baby, bust by, not throw down mama blue. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.